my name is Alice. Hello and welcome to Rewatch, a short series where we revisit the billion-dollar zombie movie franchise, Resident Evil. My name is Andrew, and I have watched every movie and played every game in the series. And my name is Eric, and I have only watched the movies and never played the games. Eric. Yes, sir? I don't know if you noticed. I don't know how I feel about this movie because it is lacking one crucial element that I need in a Resident Evil film. Zombie dogs. Zombie dogs. What the hell, man? Yep. They were the highlight of every film before this one. No dogs in this one. This might be the only one I don't recommend. Simply simply based on the lack of the dogs. We'll see. I think we we have to walk through. I need you to step me through this one so I can potentially arrive at understanding, and then I'll, I'll give it its final grade, but... This one's a little little banana sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> my my partner would agree with you as far as like recommending a film based on dogs. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, is there a dog is pretty much her whole criteria. The second criteria is does the dog live, right? Oh, so yeah. It's an important one. We just uh, finished Game of Thrones and that was a wild ride for her. So Yeah. The, the wolfies, all yeah. of them. Okay. Okay. Well... <laughs> <laughs> the remaining, the remaining ones, at least. Good spoilers for Game of Thrones. I guess I don't know. Hardly. If you, <laughs> if you haven't watched it by now, come on, you're probably not going to watch it. Just thinking about Game of Thrones, what a terrible ending. Okay, <laughs> and moving on. And moving on. Let's knock out some of our very fun uh, contact info, housekeeping, all that good stuff. We're coming to the end of this thing. It's very exciting. As of recording this, I think the new movie comes out in two days, maybe three. I think it's Tuesday. could be Thursday. I don't know. Anyway, to find more episodes of this podcast and all of our other podcasts, you go to 12and24.com. That's the numerals 12and24.com. You can email us, hello at 12and24.com, or hit us up on Twitter at Dark Driving. Uh, Eric is at Platypus Jones if you want to agree or debate us or you think that we're completely wrong or completely right about these movies. Whatever you think, send it, send it our way. Uh, I do have a couple emails. I'm banking them. We'll, we're gonna, I think we'll get to them at the end of this Paul W.S. Anderson uh, franchise. A couple people actually reached out. I wow. encourage you to, if you took the time to write an email, uh, I encourage you to do the next thing, which I, it's a little out of order here, but go ahead and review the show. Because y'all are very passionate about this franchise. It's a little, it's a, it's, it's actually great. I love it. I did not think, I thought we would be screaming into the void uh, for this one, Eric. Turns out <laughs> a lot of people have a lot of strong opinions and, about, about and this. Do, do they hate us? I'm no, confused. no, no. Oh, okay. Um, that overall, they're enjoying our commentary. All right. <laughs> but we are... Um, we are wrong about some things. I so. see. <laughs> or just our feelings about specifics sometimes are wrong, which is fine. I'm I mean, happy. I'm happy yeah. to hear it. I don't consider myself an expert, so like, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, totally get it. I've also had I've also had my ass handed to me about a couple comments uh, that I that I made 
in reference to the video games. Oh, uh, so I'll, 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 hey, I'll eat crow if I feel I'll have to go back and review the tapes to see what was really said. <laughs> 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 but I'm not going to say someone included timestamps, but someone definitely included timestamps. Wow. So All I right. have to, uh, I have to go revisit. I mean, I'm here for it. Like, uh, go deep. Yeah. I was, I was just like, I'll just say I'm pleasantly surprised. So again, you could do that. Hello at 12 and 24, or just hit us up on Twitter. You could DM me. I think my DMs are open if you want to do that. It doesn't matter. I, I love it. Please, please continue to reach out. Uh, a third and final option. You join us on Discord and just talk to us directly. That's 12and24.com slash Discord. It's also in the show notes. Just click the link and join. It's a great little uh, nerd community we have curated and continue to curate on a on a semi uh, on a pretty regular basis actually. It's I great. feel like we had somebody join just this week. So Yeah. It's you know, here's what I get. I think you you you've probably experienced this too. I'm like a member of like seven Discords and really what I want to try to do is slowly just get all my friends onto the 12 <laughs> and 24 Discord so I don't have to like jump all over the world to do this. Uh, I think I, I think I could probably make that happen though. I think I only have three servers and one of them is just so I can play Dungeons and Dragons. So yeah, that's a good, that's like a very specific, it's more manageable. Yeah. It's a purpose driven one. You'll love to see it. (laughs) I love to see it. All right. We're through. Let's, uh, let's dive into this thing. Shall we? Yeah. I want to talk to you, Eric, about the cast and crew. Did we say the title of the film? Oh yeah. I guess we should say, (laughs) you know, you're right. I skipped over it today. We are talking about the film Resident Evil Retribution. All these memories were imprinted. My name is Alice. Alice, how nice to see you again. What the hell is going on here? We have you under all control. They used me to perfect the virus. Everyone I've ever known. Everything I've ever done is being used against me. Now they can manipulate the world. We've taken over New York, Moscow, Tokyo. This is humanity's last stand. The beginning of the end. I'm gonna kill you. Good luck. You'll need it. Cast and crew is so familiar it's almost not worth mentioning. However, let's let's do it. Written and directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. Yeah. He just he just does not want to give up control of these. He's he's no longer content to just write. He needs to do both. I don't think he liked what they were doing with his scripts. It is always interesting. I was thinking about this as I was watching this movie specifically. Mm-hmm. How interesting it is to have someone like a director focus in on a project. At all. You know, like I, I think about like James Cameron and how basically, I, I don't, I, I truly don't even know how long, but for basically the rest of his career, I think all we're going to get from James Cameron are Avatar movies. And I just find that so fascinating how they, how a director can fixate on something like that. Do you get that too? I mean, yeah, that one bums me out a little. Yeah. Uh, I just, rewatched the Terminator today and boy, would I love to get like another sort of James Cameron original idea like that. 
Um, and God knows he's he's done. You know, the abyss is a classic. Mm-hmm. You know, all of those things are great. Um, but I have zero interest in going back to Pandora. <laughs> Um, and certainly not like 27 times. Yeah. Um, and Ridley Scott for a while there was like, we're, I'm going to make seven alien movies. And I was like, really? To, I, you, there are two good ones. I'm not sure what, <laughs> what well you're tapping into here. There's so much lore. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. Like I've liked pretty much all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that very last one I wasn't a super fan of. But like I, I don't need more alien films. Yeah, it's it is, it is a little sad. No, to, you know, I don't know how many more Ridley Scott movies we have left in the tank, just as a function of time. You know, and it appears that he hasn't gone down that path, right? We should be clear. Like, yeah, he said that, and then he went on and made you know four or five different movies. So like, it like, seems no like problem. he's not doing that, but. Yeah. On the other hand, if Paul W.S. Anderson wanted to make Resident Evil movies for the rest of his career, I think I'd be okay with that. Yeah, that's the difference, really. I, I am, <laughs> I'm with you that I'm a little bummed about James Cameron. I would love him to stretch his wings. And I guess, in a way, he's doing that because he's like, I have all this technology. He seems like a guy who likes big ideas. And yeah. so I get it uh, from that side of the fence. But- you know, I loved True Lies. <laughs> you know, like that was that was great. Agreed. Avatar. Agreed. Uh, you know, it's fine. It was great. Yeah, was, I, I didn't really get the hype around it either. But yeah, yeah. So there's that. All that is to say, Paul W. S. Anderson is making these movies his way. I think you need to be in line with his sensibilities to really, really sit back and enjoy these, as we're about to discover. (laughs) Co-starring alongside Mila in this one uh, are some names that you wouldn't expect and some that you would. So I pulled this directly from IMDb. We have uh, Sienna Gullery, Michelle Rodriguez. She's back. Ariana Engineer, which is a ridiculously cool name. <laughs> Bing Bing Lee, Boris Kajo, back. Johan Erb, Kevin Durand, Oded Fair, back. And Sean Roberts, uh, back. back. That's Wesker, right? Yeah, that's Wesker. And like me at the end of last episode, when Eric says that Michelle Rodriguez returns and that Oded Fair returns, and you say. How how might that happen? I saw them. I saw them meet their end. Mm-hmm. Well, we're about to get into that. Just, let's but let's talk. <laughs> let's talk budget and box office before Eric takes us on a journey. He's going to take <laughs> us on a real journey. This is a very interesting case uh, in the in the terms of budget and box office for this one, Eric. We have uh, a sixty five million dollar budget. Just up just slightly from sixty million on the last one. It's it's like negligible. Maybe it's like Mila negotiated a, sli- a, a slightly higher salary. I don't know. You know, uh, something like that. Right, and I think we established the last one went up mostly due to three D, and I I think this one was also three D, right? Yeah, I think they kind of kept this was close enough and still in that pocket where I if you if you were to tell me this one this one wasn't as um, 
in your face 3D, but it certainly had its moments, I'll say. Oh, there's a couple of axes flying at your face. Yeah, for sure. It's almost yeah. shot for shot with the last type of 3D we used. Yeah. What did they just, I don't know. Uh, we have a 21 million opening weekend, that's domestically, and that's down a bit from the 26 million of Afterlife. We have a 42.3 million domestic gross, which is down a fair amount from the 60 million of Afterlife. This one's very interesting. 197 million internationally. That's down from 240 million from Afterlife. So that's a drop. That is a drop. Interesting. But the total worldwide box office is 240 million. And on a $65 million budget, that is what the studio would consider a win. So For sure. I think most movies have to make double their budget when you factor in like the marketing and all of the, all of the other th- moving parts, like back-end deals and stuff like that. So when a movie gets up into this like 4X uh, territory, that's a very good thing. Yeah, I mean, I think doubling only is probably only breaking even most of the time. But yeah. like a three or four multiplier is successful. So, yeah, it, they they do very well. I'm not sure what to attribute. Um, you know, the decrease on this particular one, we haven't done any research around what it was opening against, what was going on, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it is a bug nuts crazy movie. Um. <laughs> But that wouldn't have affected opening weekend. So, I mean, maybe it's just just a little Resident Evil fatigue. Maybe there were people going, are they still making those things? Yeah, what? It's like, I'm, I'll, I'll wait for the Blu-ray, you know, <laughs> whatever they're, or DVD, whatever they're, whatever they're doing. Yeah. And then finally, again, as we always mention, uh, they're just numbers, but it, and they seem to have little to no impact on how much uh, money these movies make, but the critical and audience reception... Uh, for this one, the critical score is 28%. That is actually up from the last movie, which was 21%. Not a huge difference, but, you know, worth noting. Uh, and then the audience score on this one is 51%, and that is also up from the audience score in the last one, which was 48%. These movies are kind of stuck in that that valley right there, like... They never, critically, they never get out of the 30s. And then for the audience, I think our highest one may have been the first one. And that was close to 70, but not not even 70. So, And see, this is real interesting to me because this is a billion-dollar franchise. So somebody is watching these goddamn movies, and they're just not admitting they like them. Right, like it has to on. be. It literally has to be that. <laughs> like it is apparently everyone's guilty pleasure, and when you know they they go to Rotten Tomatoes, they're like, "Well, I don't want anyone to actually see that I that I like this movie." I don't know. <laughs> I gotta gotta build a wall. It's okay to like things, guys. It's okay. I'm letting you know. I give you permission to like things publicly. It's fine. And this one is like. It's like a greatest hits record. Like this is Bob Marley's legend of the Resident <laughs> Evil movies. Like, like, did you like so and so? They're back. Did you like so and so? They're back playing two characters. Like, I, yeah, I don't. What's not to like? But we'll get to that. It has. It literally takes the things that you like. You're like, I like this set piece from this one. And you're like, guess what? It's here. 
exactly here. It's yep. the same thing. I don't know. So despite all that, again, we're at 28% critic, 51% audience. It still made $240 million. <laughs> right. It doesn't matter. None, these numbers actually don't matter. It's just interesting to see, like you said, someone's not fessing up. Someone feels like their their credibility as a critic <laughs> would go out the window if they were like, this is like a this is like a an 80. I give it an eight out of ten. Like I, I will give it to the critics, right? Like they are derivative and predictable and well, I'm not sure this one's predictable, but like yeah, you know, there there there's not necessarily like a ton to recommend these films from a critical perspective, right? They're pretty. Yeah. And they, they have cool action. That's about it. But the audience is lying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't do that, audience. Right. Yeah. Maybe the big audiences. I, I actually looked. It is pretty funny with the biggest international audiences for this. I was like, who, who is going to see this? So it's definitely Japan. By far and away, Japan is, is crushing it. But like in Europe... Uh, Germany loves these movies. I don't know why. Germany absolutely loves them. In Latin America, Interesting. it's Mexico. Mexico eats this up. They love huh. Resident Evil films. And then Russia and China also make up a huge portion of the worldwide box office for this. Like We're talking t- close to 20 million respectively for the countries. So it's yeah. just, I, it's like if, if you plotted it out all on a board. You're like, I, I, it doesn't make any sense. It's like these films, really. It actually doesn't, <laughs> you're like, it <laughs> well, doesn't like, make any sense. Japan makes sense. Like, yeah, they, they have a strong video game culture. Biohazard is, you know, a Japanese product. So like that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Germany though. Germany. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure I really get it. like Russia and China. I could almost go with like, they're sort of anti-capitalist films. Like the, the yeah. evil of these movies is a you know capitalist company. I I don't know. I'm I'm grasping at straws here, Andrew. <laughs> is that what Paul W. S. Anderson was rallying against? I mean, actually, kind of early on, and then I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Umbrella continues to be the bad guy, right? Like, fair enough. Fair enough. That's it. We've covered who's in it. Uh, how how it was made and for how much and then what people thought of it. So the, the the big thing left to do, Eric, is to dive in and talk about it. So yeah. When, when you're ready, <laughs> I, I I'm like I'm gonna kick back. I'm I'm literally gonna put my feet up on my desk and I'm just gonna listen. It's All gonna right. be great. So uh, this one kicks off uh, right where we left off in the last one with the attack on the Arcadia. Um. However, it's playing in slow motion and reverse for some reason mm-hmm. uh, while we get our credits. Then we shift to Alice recapping every movie before this. As I got stronger, the human race became weaker. I tried my best to lead what survivors I could find to safety, but we were pursued relentlessly. Even my friend Jill Valentine was seized and brainwashed by Umbrella. Shoot to kill. Finally, I confronted the head of the Umbrella Corporation, Albert Wesker. He robbed me of my powers, but I still managed to defeat him. At last, 
We thought it was over. We thought we had survived the horror. But we were wrong. Once again, we found ourselves fighting for our lives. They've abandoned the pretense of the video diary. She is just talking to the movie audience, right? Like, yes, she's just staring out of the screen and being like, remember when this happened? And there were like clips of the things that she's referencing. You're like, oh, right. There's I like, remember there's like three little pictures and she talks about like, oh, there's mutants and they show all the mutants and then Alice has powers and they show a couple of like, you know, her powers and whatever. Mm hmm. Uh, and that recap takes about like five minutes. Um, and then we go back to the Arcadia fight where the quarter shotgun comes back from the last movie. Yes. And she shoots down a fucking plane with it <laughs> in her defense. She doesn't shoot the plane. She shoots the pilot, but it's still pretty gnarly. Yeah. And she gets knocked out. And when she wakes up, uh, Alice is at home in suburbia Mm -hmm. married to Carlos and they have a deaf daughter named Becky done Uh, I will point out that when she wakes up this time she is not naked which is a big shift in this franchise yeah they're growing they're learning yeah Uh, and then like domestic bliss and then zombies right they sort of escape up through a ceiling into the attic and then come down the attic stairs and walk out into suburban chaos. And I think I've said this on other episodes, but like suburban chaos is, are some of my favorite parts of zombie films. Yes. Um, you know, like the first 10 minutes of Zack Snyder's Dawn of the dead is just fantastic. So good. Somebody comes to a screeching halt in front of her in their Prius and it's Michelle Rodriguez. So we're like 10 minutes in and we've got two dead characters back already. (laughs) You're like, what is, what is going on here? Yeah. Uh, Michelle gets them in the car and they're hauling butt out of there, but then they get hit by a truck. So Alice and her daughter, they hide in a, I was a little confused whether it was their house again. I think it was a different house. Yeah. I think they just ran into a random house. Yeah. They hide in a closet. A zombie comes in, turns out he's one of the face splitter guys, the like Demogorgon zombies. Yes. And I'm confused. I think they can smell better. I don't know. Like he (laughs) finds them, but then there's like a weird hard cut and maybe I look down, but like then Carlos is just there. He's a zombie. His face splits and he kills her. Right. Yes. That wasn't, you didn't miss anything. Okay. That's, that, <laughs> yeah. That's, it was, it was that's like the a, order of events. It was like a weird cut. Like I didn't, I didn't see where Carlos came from. Yeah. Alice wakes up again. Um, this time she's not naked. She's not in the shower, but she's wearing that little like practically naked number. Yeah. The paper. <laughs> like a paper towel. <laughs> And she's in an umbrella holding cell. Um, We know that because there's a giant umbrella logo on the floor of the cell. They're so good at branding. Yeah. They are the best at it. Uh, Jill shows up. We knew she was back from the teaser during the trailers in the last movie. And we saw her a little bit in the Arcadia fight. Um, And we know she's controlled by umbrella. 
so she's like questioning Alice and anytime Alice answers or refuses to answer, uh, she gets blasted with noise. Project Alice, why did you turn against Umbrella? Joe, is that you? Project Alice, why did you turn against Umbrella? What happened to Chris Sinclair? Where are the others from the ship? Someone unseen uh, hacks the computer and the security system goes down. And we know this because it repeats it out loud over and over and over. <laughs> the security system is down. It's like a very bad, um, mm-mm. do that. <laughs> uh, someone left, like someone unlocked Alice's door and left her a ninja suit. Um, so she wanders out into an all white corridor. We cut to Jill and Jill's like, all right, we're going to, here's how we are going to get her. Oh, and don't forget to turn on the laser grid. So <laughs> the level five security protocol. Well, it's, it's leveled up. This is like level 10 of that. Yeah. We get our like biggest laser grid yet. But Alice hauls ass out of there, uh, and when she uh, runs out into the street, out the door, she is in Tokyo, question mark? I want to actually, can I stop you for one second? Because I want to clarify something, make sure we saw the same thing. When the security system was down, it appeared to me that Jill was also powered down as a result. Is that, are we, were we saying, seeing the same thing there, like... Yes, that is accurate. The little spider thing on her chest went down. It also looked like the other soldiers were powered down. Yeah, like, like th- they are all tied. That's like a terrible. <laughs> yes, it's the worst possible idea. <laughs> it's like <laughs> when you like thing. you couldn't string them in parallel. You strung them in series or yeah. the other way around, I guess. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. it's like it's like Christmas lights. You are exactly cur- with one blows out the whole the whole thing's gone. Exactly. Except it's a facility and everyone that works in said facility as well. Uh, so Alice, the, you know, there's, it's an empty city street in Tokyo. She like finds a gun. She finds a, a chain. Um, and then the computer kicks back over. I mean, the computer has kicked back over at this point because Jill woke up, but, and it announces that it's going to be a simulation of Tokyo. Um, the simulation we see is the infected girl in Tokyo without an umbrella that we've seen in two other movies at this point. Yes. Which begs the question, did that actually happen or was it always an umbrella simulation? Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Because we get an info dump later about what this facility is, right? Uh, A door appears in the simulation, Alice hauls ass through another all-white corridor. Some of the zombies come in. Um, there's a great little zombie fight here. Oh, it's so um, good. Alice is doing a lot of work like with the chain to either push people away or pull them in. Um, you know, great gun play. She's doing kung fu. I mean, this movie is completely made of like slow motion and wire work again. Like, yeah. this is... This is once again a Matrix fight, right? Uh, although they do lay off the bullet time, which I'll give them credit for. Yeah, this one felt 
really good. I, I had a great time watching this one because they did the, they do the thing that I love about in modern action movies, all inspired by John Wick, where there's a lot shot wide. And it, to see the movement uh, in relation to everything, I'm like, oh, this looks great. It was really, really satisfying. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Uh, <laughs> speaking of Game of Thrones, um, that final battle, I won't get into the lighting question because I think that your mileage will vary. But the way that final battle is shot, it is so confusing what everyone is doing. Yeah. Um, that I much prefer like a nice wide shot. And and if you've got an actor that um, can do their own stunts like Mila, like you can, you can do more of that. Yeah. And the, the chain is a, it was a nice touch. It's, yeah. you know, it reminded me of, um, I guess it came out, I'm thinking about the timeline here beforehand, but if you remember what Gogo used in Kill Bill Part sure. One, it's yeah. like that, but you know, a little more primitive. Gogo was using the actual weapon, right, at, right. But it was like it's very cool. Same maneuvers. Loved it. Um, she sort of gets through most of them, but there's an ass load more zombies coming. So a door opens on the other side of the hallway. And when she rolls through there, she is in what the computer describes as central control. Um, And central control has been wiped out. Um, But someone has sent Alice like a whole rack of guns. Um, So she gets to, you know, suit up as it were. I love that. That thing comes out of the floor and she, she just looks at it. She's like, nice. Exactly. (laughs) So it's actually so funny. It's great. But oh no, someone attacks and it turns out to be Ada Wong. Mm-hmm. And Alice knows who she is and explains it to us. My name is Ada Wong, operative for the Umbrella Corporation, one of Albert Wesker's top agents. I know exactly who and what you are. Now the real question is, why don't I just cancel your contract right now? I don't work for Umbrella anymore. And neither does Albert Wesker. I don't care. You can kill her if you like, but then you'll never get out of this place. Wesker. Now be a good girl. Put down the knife. <laughs> oh, and Alice. How nice to see you again. Uh, we quickly learned that she was a bad guy, but now she's working with Wesker. And he's a bad guy. No, he's also a good guy. Wait a minute. Uh, he's the one that hacked this whole thing for them. Wait a minute, Eric. Yeah. Wasn't Wesker just eating people? He was. He was indeed. And now... Well, we'll find out what happened to Wesker at the end of this movie, and it's fucking wild, but... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, he is now also, or at least at this point in the movie, a good guy. Okay, good. Um, Ada Wong is wearing what I assume is an outfit from the video game because no one in their right mind would wear this beautiful dress to attack Umbrella. You are 100% correct about that. Well done. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we get a little bit of an info dump here. This facility is the testing floor where Umbrella would simulate an outbreak for prospective buyers of the T-virus. The Umbrella Corporation derived its primary income from the sale of viral weaponry, something that's impossible to test in the real world. They recreated the center of New York, simulated an outbreak, 
showed it to the Russians and sold them the virus. They simulated an outbreak in Moscow, sold it to the Americans. An outbreak in Tokyo, sold it to the Chinese. An outbreak in China, sold it to the Japanese. Exactly. Everyone had to have it. The Umbrella Corporation built a new arms race. Only this time, it was biological rather than nuclear. Highly profitable. Um, so that's why I go back to that that Japanese simulation. I'm like, did that ever happen, or was were we just seeing Umbrella simulation the whole time? This facility is located in the Straits of Kamchatka, northern Russia. The old Soviet Union built submarine pens here in the 80s. After the Cold War ended, the Umbrella Corporation expanded them and built the testing floor. No one has ever escaped from this facility. Ice. You'll need all the help you can get. So I've arranged for a strike team to enter from the surface and assist you. There are four dudes. That's Luther, who we now find out is still alive. Well, we knew he was alive, but they just left him in a pipe in L.A. <laughs> we don't really know how he got out of that pipe, right, to right. be honest. He's, but he's here now. Great. Maybe they sent a dinghy. Um, <laughs> Leon Kennedy, who I feel like is from the games, but I, I don't know anything else. You are correct. He is. Uh, Kevin Durand from Lost, who just seemed to have like a really good run for like four or five years around 2012. He showed up in everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then a couple of red shirts who honestly, I don't even think we get their names, right? Yeah. We learn that the red queen has taken over umbrella, uh, because I, I don't know. It's just what she does apparently i don't know where the white queen went uh, as we established in the very first episode the red queen was working to contain the virus now she's just gone full nutballs evil right it was fine but yeah with there's a power vacuum now that wesker is a a good guy sure. question mark mm -hmm. so okay uh the red queen well we get a 3d map because we have to have a 3d map oh yeah uh, which shows us that like this facility is kind of a hub or, or a wheel with spokes. So uh, our heroes have to go through New York simulation to suburbia simulation to Russia simulation in order to escape. Yeah. Right. The Red Queen shows up just like a greatest hits record. She lets everybody know you're all going to die down here. <laughs> Um, our like assault team, we're cutting, you know, cross cutting between the two teams. Our assault team has set a bunch of bombs, uh, outside this facility that is going to destroy the entire facility in two hours. So we have a ticking clock. Mm -hmm. Uh, they come down in an elevator. I don't know what the hell this elevator was for. Um, when they get to the bottom, there's some guys waiting for them, but they have one of my favorite gadgets in this movie, and that is a hockey puck gun. <laughs> the old puck gun. That they just slide out there and it shoots in every direction. I think that's great. Yeah. Well done. Ada and Alice are going through the New York simulation. Um, they get boxed in a little bit. We have an Axeman. 
Uh, I know they have a name. Executioner? That's was it. that it? Yep. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, nope. Wait, we have two executioners because there's one on the other side. Again, these guys are super far from home. These guys, <laughs> these guys are also super sneaky for being that gigantic. Yeah. But there is a fun sound cue where like Alice does recognize the sound. So they do, they do acknowledge that a little bit. Um, this is another great fight. Um, you know, the ax men are, are uh, swinging and throwing their axes. Ada and Alice get split up and there's a nice bit where Ada's kind of trapped in a city bus and the ax guy's just kind of taking the bus apart. Yeah. Um, but uh, one of the executioners breaches a gas tanker. So we all know where this is going, right? Um, Ada and Alice take off and I point, I noticed in my notes, like the ax dudes are fast. Are they fast in the video game? No, they actually never go beyond like a walk. That's, okay. That's, <laughs> and, you know, if, if they did, it would be terrifying in the games. But they are more like, again, they are the guys, you are surrounded by zombies or Magini or whatever. And, and he happens to be there. So you can't actually stay in one place. It's more of like a Jason Voorhees Michael gotcha. Myers situation. You don't want to get the, you don't want them to be too close. So, yeah, right. Yeah. Our strike team is coming in through the, the Russian simulation and the red queen activates Las Plagas, which we've discussed in the past is like a parasite that does something with the T virus. Yada, yeah. yada, yada. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, what it seems like in, this movie is that they are just zombie soldiers. <laughs> Russian seem, zombie soldiers. Yeah. They didn't seem any like stronger or tougher or smarter or anything. They were just soldiers and they were zombies. Yeah. We flip back to s- suburbia. Ada and, Ada and Alice get through New York. They're waiting in suburbia. Uh, they go into the house where we saw Alice's, like suburban happy ending. Um, and they find out that, that that was actually an Alice clone. Right. So yeah. One of the problems with this movie, not a problem. One of the, just the crazy things is just keeping track of all of the clones. Right. Ada points out that Alice is one of the 50 basic models for the simulation. They're using clones of me. Of course. You were one of the 50 basic models. Basic models. How do you think Umbrella populates these test scenarios? Hundreds of people dead each time they run a simulation. Umbrella imprints them with basic memories. Just enough to ensure a correct emotional response to the threat of the biohazard. In one life, she could be a suburban housewife. The next, a businesswoman in New York. The next... A soldier working for Umbrella. They are attacked by a zombie, um, but kill it easily. And they find Becky, who naturally thinks Alice is her mother. Yes. So we flip back to Moscow for a second, flip back to suburbia. There's a lot of like unnecessary cross cutting here. <laughs> uh huh. Uh, where like when we flip to Moscow, it's just a firefight. Doesn't drive plot at all, right? Correct. Um, so Jill and the clones of Michelle Rodriguez 
Colin Salmon from the first movie. Yes. The guy that got laser walled. And Carlos are waiting with Jill. They're just like sitting in the front lawn of this house, right? Mm Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, we, you know, just come with us. And of course, everybody's like, no, uh, these people just literally shoot this house to pieces, like take it apart with machine guns. Yep. Uh, in the midst of the firefight, however, Ada gives Alice some sunglasses and a grappling gun. <laughs> The less I have with me, the better. This was a fucking weird piece of dialogue. <laughs> what? <laughs> the better. <laughs> what? She's a minimalist. What is happening? She's a MacGyver. Uh-huh. The less. The less, the better. Sure. <laughs> Anywho, back in Moscow... Uh, we lose one of the red shirts to a chainsaw attack, which I thought was great. I'm like, why does this zombie have a chainsaw? This is okay. That's from the games, right? Oh, some okay. zombies in resident started in resident evil four. Some of these lost plagas just happen to be chainsaw wielders. It's, and you might ask why, why is that? And the answer, the, the best thing that I could come up with is because it's terrifying <laughs> to be chased with a chainsaw. <laughs> One hundred percent. That's it. Yep. Uh, they find a sort of way out of the the corner they had backed themselves into. Yeah. Alice and Becky also find a way out of their situation and make it into the Russian simulation uh, underground in the subway, where Michelle Rodriguez shows up again. But it's not the bad one. It's the good one. That we saw in the suburbia simulation that we thought was killed when they got hit by a truck. Or maybe they were. I don't know. Yeah. Clones, people. Clones. Eric. Right? I don't know if you're going to go into this. We got to talk about how good Michelle Rodriguez is. Just as an actor and doing these dual roles perfectly. Hey. Wait. She helped us. Don't you remember? You two made it. I thought I was the only one that survived. What is this place, and why is everything in Russian? And what's with the S&M? Get up. You know how to use this? I campaigned for gun control. (laughs) I don't think you understand. I marched against the NRA. Concentrate. It's just like a camera. Point and shoot. Congratulations. Officially a badass. So funny. Uh, Yeah, it's fantastic. Also, at this point, we discover that Alice knows sign language? Yeah. Question mark? It's just in there. It's just in, it's just rattling around in her brain somehow. Just in her brain hole. Okay. (laughs) Back to our dudes. They no sooner get out of the building they were trapped in and a giant liquor shows up and eats, eats their hacker guy. This thing is gigantic. I loved it. Uh, like I'm like, all right, we're getting all the monsters now. This is kind of what I wanted from the other movies. I'm like, bring them all. Like, yeah. why do we just have one a movie? <laughs> just throw them all in. Come yeah, on. come on. That you know they are in trouble, but Alice shows up. She takes out the liquor with a 
a Rolls Royce with spinners on it. I just uh, thought that was a great touch. Mm-hmm. They're fancy spinners, though. It's yeah. to be fair, they they looked pretty great on that car. <laughs> so, some production designer loved that. He was like, "Look, I put spinners on it." Yeah. There's a like kind of a car chase through here. The the zombie soldiers are chasing them. Whatever. Uh, one of them has a RPG. So there's some good explosions. Yeah. At one point, the zombie with an RPG is also on fire, but like still trying to kill them, which I thought was fantastic. Yeah. Very good. He's just like standing in a Jeep with his RPG burning. Alice's big move is to drive the Rolls Royce into the subway. Like jump it up onto the... uh, It's like she somehow positioned the wheels to be kind of like parallel. She she does a grind with this Rolls Royce. That's exactly correct. Down the 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 escalator of the escalator. That was the word I couldn't think of was escalator. Pretty pretty good. I had a good time with that one. (laughs) It's pretty badass. It's a little CGI'd up for me. Like yeah. it's a little cartoony, but yeah, it's a fun idea. Um, she drives the rest of the way sort of into the subway um, and like knocks out pillars and shit with the car, uh, knocking out the liquor. Yeah. Um, but he's still not dead. Of course. You can't, we can't take a lick. You can't take Uber liquor out that quick. <laughs> <laughs> the movie's not even what – I, what are we at? The halfway point? Maybe a little more than halfway. I don't know. This one moves pretty quick. It it's does. still like 96 minutes, but like it flew by. I was – I spoilers, I really like this movie. <laughs> it is fucking crazy. It was fast. Uh, so the the teams are all together now, and they move to the elevator where they came in to do an extract. Uh, but the liquor – is on the elevator. He uh, moves quick. He does. Uh, he kills good Michelle Rodriguez mm. and steals Becky. At this point, you know, the movie has made it clear that Alice is having maternal feelings. Uh, and so she is not leaving, even though they are running out of time on these bombs. She's going to go find Becky. There's like a big shootout, so like none of the guys can come with her, right? They're all against it, but they they can't make it with her. Yeah. Alice goes up, I guess, the elevator shaft. I wasn't really clear of the geography of this. Um, yeah, well, remember she had a she has a grapple gun because Ada didn't need it. The less the better. So she <laughs> has a grapple. She has a grapple gun. Fair or no? She I think she climbs it. She, she climbs yeah. an el- a, a ladder this time. My okay. mistake. But yeah, she uses the grappling gun to take out the liquor. Oh. yeah. So. In a in a very sweet move. So she she finds Becky trapped in like a goo pod. It's a little alien. Um, but Alice like uses the grappling gun, flips over the liquor, and then like blasts it in the face. Mm-hmm. Um. And it runs away. Yes. And uh, she saves Becky. She also finds one of the red shirts and all of his grenades. Thank God. We're going to need these. Amen. In the ensuing sort of shootout, the guys, most of the team, you know, is like, we're getting on the elevator. And Kevin Durant's pretty messed up. So he's going to do the heroic, I'm staying here. Jill brings out Ada. Um, and Kevin Durant's like, okay, you got me. And he throws his gun away and they shoot him to the ground. But wait. And then he, and then he catches 
a gun? No, I, no, no. You need to explain this to me. <laughs> okay. This is a this is a perfect this is a perfect maneuver. It would work every time it was it was performed. He comes out with his gun. He pulls first of all, he runs he runs out of ammo on his assault rifle, if I recall. Then he reaches into his jacket and he pulls out this this unbelievably cool-looking revolver. And I'll spoiler alert, that's from the games. That's like very that's like fan service. This character yeah. in the games has this exact gun. Oh, he's a character from the games too. Yeah, okay. Barry. Um, it's weird. It's weird. He's in the first game, but he's in the fifth movie. He, <laughs> I, it doesn't matter. And it's giant because no one has a small gun. No one movies. can have a gun smaller than the largest gun. That's like, <laughs> that's what it is. He takes, uh, he has like two, he takes two people out, like two of the random guys. Then they pull out Ada. So he comes out, he's holding the gun in his hand, right? They shoot him. The impact causes him to throw the gun up in the air. <laughs> and he falls down and you're like, well, he's dead. But wait, no. He sits up, catches the gun, kills, what's his face? Your guy. Colin Sammons. <laughs> right. In, it's like a direct hit. Then they yep. kill him again. They kill him proper after that. All right. I think I missed that. Bit. It was the impact of the bullets, as 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 it often happens, the impact of a bullet hitting you. I think we've actually seen this in a previous Resident Evil film, even, where you get hit so hard with a bullet that you throw your gun directly up in the air in a spinning <laughs> motion. <laughs> that allows you to catch it perfectly. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I'll allow it. Okay. Becky and Alice are trying to make their way back and they find the clone assembly line, which is really creepy. Yeah. Becky kind of realizes that Alice is probably not her mother at this point. Uh, but the liquor shows up again. This, this thing's hard to kill. This goddamn thing. <laughs> uh, Alice uses all of the grenades on it. Oh. And... <laughs> She just pulls the pin of a belt of grenades. Just all of them. Uh, and he is dead. Yeah. At this point, we've reached the end of our countdown. Um, everyone is still in the facility, but the bombs go off. Oh. Um, and the facility floods. Mm -hmm. There's some fun, like, CGI renders of, like, New York flooding and Russia flooding mm -hmm. and, like, all of the, the various simulations. Luckily, the elevator still works, and the flooding only rises to a certain level. Yes. Uh, I'm not really so, sure about that, but... Uh, yeah, it seems um, weird. <laughs> right, because they are still deep beneath the earth. Yep. It's... Okay. All right. Uh, they escape, right? They, they get in their little snow tractor. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this point, I was like, well, this can't be the end. Uh, and I paused it. And there were still 20 minutes left in this movie. So as they're driving along from under the ice comes an umbrella submarine. Oh, man. Um, and they really got me with this one because the Chekhov submarine makes an appearance in act one. It does. And shame on me. I forgot about it. I did, too. I yeah. was I thought. When this was, because there's like a, like the ice is cracking. I'm like, I, and my first thought was, is it the fucking liquor again? Is this <laughs> thing still not dead? And no, they totally, they got me. They got yep. me. 
out of the submarine walks Jill, Ada, and Michelle Rodriguez. Mm -hmm. By the way, her character's name is Rain, which I only learned in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Fun. But yeah, I'm just going to continue to refer to her as Michelle. Yeah, that's great. Um, So Michelle uh, injects herself with the Las Plagas parasite. We actually get to see it this time. It's a gross little parasite. Uh, and we kind of have our, you know, final ish battle. So it's Jill versus Alice. Um, they're doing hand to hand combat. They both have like custom badass weapons. Alice has got like axes that knives come out of. It's really confusing. I think those, I think those are actually like, they, they looked very similar to like a climbing apparatus almost like, like if you were scaling the side of a, uh, like a glacier, you know, like, yeah, definitely the bit that comes out is a climbing ax for sure. But that, but yeah, it's not, it's like not a very practical, but like, right. it's like for reference, it's like, it's a cool, they give her the coolest shit is essentially yep. what it comes down to. Well, and Jill's got like a bow staff, but it's got like a bunch of like pointy bits on it as well. Yeah. So like, it's you also know, very cool. We're, we're getting a cool little standoff. And then, you know, we also have Leon and Luther still around, um, and they're going up against Michelle Rodriguez, but like the Las Plagas version. Yeah. It's, it's a really good fight scene. I didn't write down all the beats, but I did write out some of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, Michelle Rodriguez headbutts a fist. <laughs> and it, like, the guy- <laughs> it was so good. Yeah. Like he's about to punch her and she's like, no, no, let me do it for you. And she bang. And he, and the guy's like, ow, my hand, (laughs) you know, like, (laughs) yeah. Uh, we get, uh, a couple of instances and this was a thing in the two thousands where we zoom in when a bone breaks and get an x-ray version of it. I'm happy you mentioned that. I don't recall that in this franchise up till now. Okay. That is a video game reference. Okay. All it right. Is, I'll tell you, it's not relevant to the actual part of the where we talk about how this ties back to the games, but in the newer Mortal Kombat games, that effect happens. If you get like if you score like a basically like a critical hit, it zooms in X-ray vision and you see a bone break or like a in this case like a heart stop, <laughs> you know, something like that. All right, fair Pretty enough. Cool. Yeah. Um, it, it actually becomes a plot element when like Michelle Rodriguez uses like what I assume was like the five finger death punch <laughs> and yes. kills Luther. Like we zoom in on Luther's heart and we understand that her punch killed him. It's wild. Jill is holding her own against Alice and frankly, like wins her fight against Alice um, until Alice finally removes the mind control spider from Jill. I don't know why this wouldn't have been your first move. Sure. Uh, but she finally removes it and, and kind of wins her fight. Michelle Rodriguez gets hit with a fire extinguisher and she's pissed about it. Like, <laughs> where did it some, come from? It's there's just some the great, like, pissed off acting here because she is, like, indestructible, right? Yeah. Um, she tries the five finger death punch on Alice which we know because we zoom into Alice's heart. 
but it doesn't kill Alice. Yeah. Um, Jill throws Alice a gun. I don't know why Jill couldn't fucking shoot her, but okay. Uh, and since like guns aren't really working on Michelle Rodriguez, uh, Alice shoots the ice out from under Michelle Rodriguez. Yeah. And, uh, rain is pulled to her death by fellow ice zombies. I'm not really clear. It's like they escaped out the top and they're all just kind of trapped against the ice or something. Yeah. That didn't make a whole lot of sense. And it seemed like a reshoot. I, like it was it was weirdly lit and like very confusing. <laughs> I don't know if maybe people were like, why would she just fall in a hole in the ice? And they were like, okay, maybe zombies are pulling her down. Yeah, I don't we know. We need something. We need something. Yeah. Like, can't she swim? It's cold. Uh, then a helicopter shows up and Alice passes out. So that's what we do in these movies. We don't have any actual scene changes. It's just people passing out or waking up in other places. Yes. Uh, she wakes up on the helicopter. It's Becky and Jill and Ada and Leon. So everybody's happy. Like I have questions at this point, like who is flying this helicopter and like, who are they working for? Like, is there some sort of organized resistance? And the movie does answer that for me. Finally. Um, I'll point this out because I know Andrew loves when characters get weirdly horny. Leon is totally horny for Ada. What? And she is not having it. What was that? Okay. (laughs) Okay. Hold on a second. Spoiler alert. These two characters have some chemistry in the games. It's never explicit that they are like a couple, but they bump into each other far too often to be coincidence, right? It it is not. Nothing like this ever happens. So for him to just randomly place his his hand on her upper inner thigh, it was just too much. Why was that there? It was a bold move, dude. It was. Like, he and just went for it. He was summarily shot down. Thank yeah. God. It was so, so creepy. I did not care for it at all. That is assault, Leon. Zero stars for you, Leon. Yeah. Uh, so they, uh, fly from Russia to the white house in this helicopter. I guess that's a thing. Yeah. Um, and the, the white house is kind of wrecked, but as we walk through, we can see it seems to be operating. Uh, they get to the oval office where only Alice is allowed to enter and we meet the president. yourself at home well i must say it does have a certain ease to it what have you said to me you were the only one to successfully bond with the t-virus fully realize her powers. Well, now I have need of you, the old you. So I've given you back your gift. You are the weapon. I don't know why I was shocked. There was only really one person it could have been, but it was still (laughs) jarring to see. What if like, what if we went in there and it was like Denzel Washington? (laughs) Like, like it oh was my just a, God. like a respectable actor. You're like, what is happening here? 
so I like, I'm not really clear. Like if we have a functioning government, like that's not important. No. Um, and he is sort of commissioning her, uh, to attack the red queen because that's the only way they're going to save all of remaining humanity. (sighs) They all, all of our heroes climb up on top of the white house, um, for a, a, like just a great hero shot of them. Uh, and then we pull back and we pull back and we pull back. And what we see is that the white house is surrounded by a wall and the outside of that wall is nothing but monsters and zombies. Roll credits. Credits is the song hexes by bass nectar. Uh-huh. Uh, so we've moved away from like, fart rock or new metal yeah and on to dubstep it so they just the they just keep making step. terrible choices but <laughs> yeah i cannot imagine what paul ws anderson's jukebox looks like but hey yeah you should su- subscribe to his spotify or something i, I gotta see i gotta see what's going on over there it's yeah. really weird really weird and I'll be brutally honest here, Andrew. I'm looking to you for help. I did not stay for the credits. Yeah. Is there is there a post credit? No. Okay. I right. didn't do anything, which is okay. even more baffling. I thought yeah. maybe they'd have something lined up for us to, you know, they established in the last movie. They're like doing the Marvel thing. Like, let's put a post, let's put a mid-credit roll or a post-credit roll. No. Yeah. Nothing. It's weird. It's over. Movie's over. You it know, is indeed. Uneasy allies at the end mm-hmm. with, with Wesker. I, ha- I still have a lot of questions. Sure. I don't know where where uh, Chris and Claire got off to to start. No clue. Last time we saw them, they were on the Arcadia. Yeah. Clone storage seems to vary from facility to facility. I don't know. I th- I thought I was under the assumption all clones needed to be kept in a water orb to stay to stay clean and 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 healthy. I mean, that's a good point. I wonder if this was like the next step in clone technology, like they've moved on to Henry Ford's assembly line just, model. Yeah, just just put them on the meat hooks. They'll be fine. They they don't have to like grow them anymore. They just make them. Yeah. I don't know. There were uh, 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 quite a number of clones. There were thousands. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Perhaps all of my questions will be answered in the final chapter. Perhaps. I'm looking to you, Paul W.S. Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> don't let me down on this one. Mm-hmm. Eric. Yeah. You describing it to me, you describing it to everyone really just goes to show when you put what you're seeing to words as opposed to watching it, you really, it changes it. It's you're like, (laughs) this is insanity that is happening. It's unfolding right in front of us. Yeah. It's a little bit like when you read the lyrics to your favorite pop song and you're like, what the hell is this? Like when you're in the moment, like I said, this flew by it did in the moment. You're like, okay, all right, this is happening. <laughs> like, is this the is this the best movie I've ever watched? <laughs> in the moment. I'm just talking about in the moment. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I gotta ask you. Yes, sir. With all of with with everything we've seen, especially mm-hmm. in this movie, what was your favorite kill? I think there are a number of good ones in this in this movie. 
but I'd love to know what yours is. There are a couple of times I thought the liquor was killed and they weren't. Yeah. Um, so that was frustrating um, because, for example, I would have said when they hit a liquor with a Rolls Royce with spinners on it. <laughs> it's a very stylish. It knocked right. him out of commission. It, it gave him a little, he got a little concussed, but he was not murdered. Yeah. Um, I also like taking out a whole airplane with the quarter shotgun. So good. Not a lot of Pretty foresight on that one because the plane was headed directly for her. But Indeed. But effective nonetheless. Indeed. There was an Ada kill, and I can't remember what it was, um, that was pretty badass. Because mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know who this new character is and why she's here. Yeah. Um, but then, like, you find out, okay, she can fight, like. They they say it and then they show it and you're like okay I get it yeah um I don't know what my favorite one is why don't we ask Andrew okay what was your favorite kill all right my favorite zombie kills person or creature kills person kill yeah is is easy because it's stupid um but it made me laugh and that was chainsaw kill because. Why did that zombie have a chainsaw? It's like, it doesn't make any sense. Like every other zombie had like an assault rifle, but this guy dressed exactly the same chainsaw somehow gets in and just kills a guy. You're like, well, that's unfortunate. Yeah, uh, like I, I kind of loved that whole sequence just because it didn't make any sense. Yeah. Right? We're like, basically in the Kremlin, essentially like, you know, in that square for the Kremlin, it's an all out, just, <laughs> but it's a gunfight. Like, aren't aren't <laughs> yeah. these people zombies? Kind of, but not okay. really, because they're right. they, the Plagas thing makes them. They're not. Uh, they're not mindless. Like I, I think I had mentioned it before, but like they, they, they are under the influence of a thing, like a of yeah. an entity. But they are not without thought. They can communicate. They can shoot guns. Okay. but they're not much. They're, and but they're not much like stronger. Like what happened to Michelle Rodriguez is not really in the purview of this. Uh, but it also like it also seemed like the character design. Like we never got like a really close look at their faces, but they looked kind of zombie. Yeah, up. They definitely have a. They definitely look sick. Like they <laughs> reminded know? me. I have you seen American Werewolf in London? Yes. Yes. They reminded me of like the Nazi werewolves. Okay. Like yes. The, in his nightmare. That's very uh yes, a very astute uh comparison. And yes, even in game, you could tell that this person is not well, but you wouldn't you wouldn't, you know, the assumption you jump to is not zombie. You could be like, well, maybe you know, maybe they're just maybe they just have a parasite yeah, that's controlling Perhaps them. they're dehydrated. I don't know, you know, something <laughs> something along those lines. Uh, that's, you know, I love the chainsaw. My favorite, uh, kill overall is clearly the Barry, uh, catch my gun after being shot down for one final murder. That was hilarious to me. I loved it so very much. It was great. And clearly I did not understand it or I probably would have been with you. It's the dumbest, it's the dumbest (laughs) kill I've ever seen. I had so much fun with that one. I really, Mm -hmm. really liked that. Yeah. I think probably the Axe the Axeman kills were also good. Although telegraphed 
I like the Axeman, the Executioner with Alice and Ada. I like that sequence. Yeah. Uh, even though it was telegraphed, like that is going to explode, you know, like, Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, like I would have liked, I would have loved to have been surprised by, by something, but like, Oh, there's just gasoline all over the ground. I know how <laughs> this is going to end. I've seen this movie before, you know? Yeah. I don't know. There's a couple good ones. A couple good ones. This was great overall. The fight, the, the whole fight sequence in that white hallway, the first one with the chain and the gun. That was awesome. I really yeah, enjoyed that. I, I would say overall, that's probably my favorite sequence. I just couldn't remember like a specific kill out of that. Right. But like, it's a really solid, like well choreographed fight. Yeah. Like it all kind of makes sense, even though they're doing wire work and like, you know, Alice is superhuman. Like it still kind of makes sense. If we count each individual Uber liquor as a different kill, <laughs> then all of those were also great individually as well. You know, the ceiling collapse, the the grapple hook through the face, you know, all that stuff was awesome. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. this one had a lot of a lot of great kills and maybe to, just for my sensibilities, two very hilarious ones that I just <laughs> did not fit with the there's a lot of suspension of disbelief in these movies. And I'm like, even this is like a bridge. <laughs> Come on. Barry got shot six times and threw his gun up in the air, caught it, came back in a cigar in his mouth. Come on. Come on. Mm-hmm. Come on. Barry never dies. <laughs> How dare you. Eric. Yes, sir. This one's going to be tricksy. We like to uh, say that these movies are blank with zombies, wherein Paul W.S. Anderson watches and fixates on a film and then just adds zombies to it. Uh, so far, our films look like this. Uh, Aliens, as the first one. Uh, Escape from New York would have been, uh, w- the name of that one is Resident Evil Apocalypse. Yes. Sure, sure it is. <laughs> uh, Resident Evil Extinction is Mad Max with zombies. Resident Evil Afterlife, our previous film, was The Matrix with zombies. Yeah. Resident Evil Retribution is what... With zombies. Um, I'm going to throw one out there, but it's only sure. kind of, I hope you, I hope you get it where I'm coming okay. from. All right. Dark city with zombies. Yeah. A yeah. little bit. Just I'll a t- little bit. I'll tell you where I was going. Okay. I was going escape room. It's a newer film. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it has like a little of that. I think yours is probably more astute to the overall premise of like the environment. Right. Like the environments keep changing. Mine only has to deal with like the, uh, identity type thing that like these, like these characters are all different versions versions of themselves. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think they both hold up for sure. Hmm. This is a tough, this is a tricky one. (laughs) <laughs> this might have been multiple movies that he watched and incorporated. At, yeah. You know what? This might be Resident Evil with zombies, I think, is what. <laughs> this is the I mean, most Resident Evil movie that he's I, made. I, I said it in the intro, like, this is a greatest hits record. Like, <laughs> it absolutely is. I'd be know? very comfortable calling this Resident Evil with zombies. <laughs> 
Uh, Works for me. All right, there we go. I'm marking it down. This is Resident Evil with zombies, everybody. You know, I mean, there's, there's like, you can draw parallels to a few things, right? Like, there's a little bit of the warriors in there, and there's, you know, like, um, you know, a, any other kind of uh, heist movie kind of thing, like, where you have to escape, that sort of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. You know, we've, we've, noted, we've noted them all down, everyone. We've done the work, if you're listening. Oh, I should say that people love this part. People love what th- th- this thing that we're doing. Apparently, this is unique and wholly unto our our own thing here. So, uh, is that true? Or we got many. Yes, yeah, many of the emails hate. noted that they love this. This <laughs> uh, that we that we found this. So gotcha. I'm like, this is great. I'm happy that we'll be able to hopefully continue on for the next one too. It's all you, buddy. <laughs> so. Uh, we solved it. We've solved the puzzle. Let's talk about some production notes. And I think a lot of these are going to paint a very clear picture of how this movie was made. I, I think uh, if you were not aware of this, Eric, some of these things. Uh, yeah, we'll get to it right now, actually. So the original plan for this movie was to film this one and the sixth one in tandem. So it's like a two-parter, like The Matrix, or I guess some of these upcoming Avatar movies that we mentioned. Back to the future. Back sure. to the future, yeah, whatever. Okay. Uh, in the early stages of that, you, we, we couldn't get Ali Larder or Wentworth Miller um, be, due to different like scheduling conflicts and stuff like that. Uh, okay. So we had to just make this a standalone film. So the the only the only vestige of that initial plan is the tagline, which is the beginning of the end. That's it. (laughs) That's literally all they kept. They scrapped everything else about it. All right. Uh, Suburbia that we see is actually a a recreation of Raccoon City uh, because, and there's just a little Easter egg they tossed in. We saw the crashed helicopter on like one of the lawns or something. And that was the same news station from the second movie which was pretty cool. It was like channel five, I think, or something like that. Pretty neat. Yeah. A little consistency. Yeah. You know, he thinks, he thinks about stuff. The idea of using some of these environmental simulations is a reference to the fourth book in a series of resident evil novels. Uh, There are novelizations of these movies as well, which I just find the, the whole concept of novelizing a movie fascinating. Who's, who, whose job that is, what they choose to keep in, how they arrive at this stuff. That's not the novelization of, of this. It's just grabbed from a novel based in the Resident Evil world, which I think was pretty cool. I mean, that makes sense, right? Like extent, expanded universes and books are no, nothing new. Um, I also like used to love novelizations of movies. Um, they would sometimes fill in gaps. Um, sometimes it was really wild because they'd typically be working with an older draft of the script. So like yeah. the book would be a little bit different. Um, I kind of miss those. Like that used to be like one of your drugstore paperback pickups. Um, and as a kid, I would, I read a bunch of novelizations. Nice. Nice. <laughs> I got to preface this one with here's something. No boy. Many ideas and scenes in the film were written in as a result of feedback Paul W.S. Anderson received from fans 
on his Twitter Q&A, mainly the reprisal of fan favorite characters like Rain and Carlos, Sienna Gullery was brought back due to popular fan demand, as there were rumors floating around that Paul W.S. Anderson and the studio had contemplated recasting her. Can you imagine? I, wow, okay. That I, is a lot. I can't. I couldn't even, it's like, oh, these are some good ideas from Twitter. I'm going to put these in my movie. I don't know. That just I mean, to be fair, like this, was, this was the Twitter of 2011. Maybe. It was still not a complete garbage fire. However. <laughs> it was well on its way. Fandom is still like a toxic sludge heap. So Yes, yes. Um, yeah, I, like Sienna Gullery, I, I don't know anything about Sienna Gullery. Uh, I think we talked... Uh, in the, the first movie that she appeared in, um, that, uh, I didn't think she was particularly good. Um, but she apparently like really fits the, the character, I guess, like the character model. I guess. I mean, I, you know, yeah. Question mark. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Like I I don't want to, I hate, speaking poorly of like people like she does a perfectly good job but um at least in this one like jill doesn't have to emote um, yeah her, her I don't mo is don't act, don't show emotion yeah. at all <laughs> so but i'm i'm glad the fans you know got her back yeah i you know i agree i i think she works well in this for what what they had her doing um which was mostly just like a boob window with a, you know, thing on the chest and blank face, you know, so uh, there is that. This film wouldn't reveal who the instigator of the simulations and the imprisonment of Alice was. And since we learned pretty early on that Wesker was a renegade agent, someone else had to be in charge of Umbrella. So the Red Queen was chosen at like the 25th hour as the main antagonist in the final stages, which makes a lot of sense because the only times we see her are are like bridges, you know, like she pops up in like a full screen to bridge one scene to the next. And that's, it makes total sense. They were like, who's the bad guy? If we're going to make our bad guy the good guy or the president of the United States. I mean, it, it also makes sense that it doesn't make any damn sense. You're like, <laughs> right. We, Didn't we did... blow her up? Is she yeah. decentralized? What? The last time we saw her, she was the white queen and she was a good guy. Like, yeah. it doesn't make any sense. So. She's on the blockchain. So yeah. she can't. <laughs> she can't. <laughs> this is the red queen. Ah. In the scene, this is just a cool little bit of production uh, note that I liked. In the scene that takes place in the Oval Office, the, the, the second to last scene of the movie, the seal of the United States on the ground is modified so the eagle's head faces its left foot, which is holding 13 arrows that symbolizes war, as opposed to its normal pose where it's fa- it faces the right foot holding an olive branch during peace. I thought that was that, pretty cool. Is that true? Did you check that? I didn't verify that. I just think it's cool. I don't... <laughs> That sounds like some shit somebody on IMDb wrote down, but I'll believe it. Yeah. Hey, um, you know, uh, historians, please reach out. I'm, I will not Google it. It seems like a thing. That, <laughs> it seems like it could go either way. Even if I Google it, I was like, we'll not get the, a straight answer about that. Yeah. Either way. Kind of a neat thing. 
This is uh, this is interesting, um, and might also say a lot about how this came together. The idea of cloning the Umbrella Soldiers may have stemmed from a comment made in the audio commentary of the original Resident Evil film. Michelle Rodriguez said that Colin Salmon should be brought back in a sequel as a clone. Ultimately, this came true for Salmon and Rodriguez and Oded Fair. I love that. I verified this because yeah, I found I'm that commentary board. and I'm like, I hope they paid Michelle Rodriguez for this idea. It's exactly <laughs> what she recommended happen. I mean, I said it in our first episode. Colin, Colin Salmon doesn't get enough love. Exactly. I'm glad he came back in this one, even though he went out with like a punk. Oded Fair's always great. And, you know, much love for Letty, Michelle Rodriguez. So love it. You bring him back it. anytime. <laughs> bring him back for the next one. Maybe. Sure. And then finally, I wrote this down because it's a goddamn shame. No zombie dog. No undead dogs. In the games, they're called Cerberus. Cerberi? Cerberuses? Whatever. <laughs> this movie doesn't have them. And they were missed. By maybe just me, but they were missed. I, I get it. This seems to be a real sticking point for you. Uh, you brought it up in the intro. <laughs> now we're circling back to it. I just, needed, I just needed to be on the record at least twice. Fully on the record. They give them a great little set piece in every one of the movies. Yeah. I get that this is a movie full of set pieces, so perhaps uh, perhaps that role might, may, may have been diminished here. But I don't know. I feel like they could have worked it in. Agreed. I mean, this one, the, the actual sets are a bit more expansive, yeah. right? So having the dogs, they're usually in more of a confined space. Yeah. So it's harder to make them threatening. It's true. But there were certainly times where they were in a confined space that they could have figured something out. Love it. And it would have been another monster. Like, I was waiting for Nemesis to show up. Oh my like, God. Just, just bring them all in, <laughs> right? man. Just the, yeah, truly the greatest hits. He shows Seriously. back up. Yeah. We got him. We found him. He You know? Turns out that big old bomb wrecking city didn't hurt him. They just made another one. Yeah. Like, come on. We're cloning people here for fuck's sake. Here's they what can happened. bring back Nemesis. We had a liquor scratch another guy, and that guy became a Nemesis too. <laughs> exactly. So that's how that works. Oh, my God. So, Andrew. Yeah. We've talked about this one sounds like, at least aesthetically, it's linked into the games a little more. Yeah. But, like, what else in this movie is actually in the games? It's a weird, it's a weird mix. Again, Paul W.S. Anderson just, just takes, just cherry picks what he wants and forgets the rest. It's weird. But let's go. Uh, this is worth repeating. The outfit that Jill wears, I think I said this, the, if I didn't, I can't remember if I did, but we see Jill briefly at the end of the previous film as like a little teaser. The yep. outfit she's wearing is the exact outfit she wears in Resident Evil 5. Like, exactly. Okay. Uh, that's like a very cool little, even the, like, even the little chest thing. It's, I mean, down to the, the, the details. Very, very well done. Very well executed. Uh, as we have mentioned, and many people really love, fan favorites Barry Burton, Leon Kennedy, and Ada Wong are introduced. Barry's from the first game. He's one of, the, well, he is one of the stars. The stars team, we've seen them all kind of. Jill is a stars member. Barry is right. a stars member. Wesker is a 
kind of a stars member. Chris is a stars member. They don't really seem too concerned that all <laughs> about that in this in these movies, but not so much. Pretty cool nonetheless. Yeah. Leon and Ada, we saw them in Resident Evil 2, the game. Uh again in Resident Evil 4, Resident Evil 6. They're they're all over the place, these two. Again, with these guys, the outfits uh they wear are lifted whole cloth from like their most iconic performance. So Barry, that would be the, the Resident Evil 1 remake. And then Leon and Ada are wearing exactly what they wore in Resident Evil 4. So it's like f- some fan service here. Okay. Uh, the initial skirmish uh, in the control central control between Alice and Ada is like, choreographed almost identically to how Leon and Ada meet as um, frenemies, I guess, in Resident Evil 4. <laughs> Right. Like the whole kick the gun up in the air and while someone's reaching for it, pull the knife from your boot or whatever. And like yep. that whole thing, I was like, I was like, that was really well adapted. I liked it. <laughs> Bing Bing Lee, who played Ada, uh, her yeah. dialogue was dubbed by Sally Cahill, who voices Ada Wong in the games. So I was like, that sounds a lot like the voice actress. And then I got this piece of trivia. I was like, oh, that's because it was the voice actress. Well done. She could speak English, but she had a very thick accent and they wanted right. to. Like I know she's been working on it. I mean, the last thing I saw her in was uh, the Meg, the yes. shark movie. Yes. Yeah. Um, and um, her English is, is very clear now, but I, I know for some actors uh, when they come, uh, from China, it's it's like a period. There's a time period of them adjusting, mm-hmm. so and that makes sense. But yeah. yeah, it's always kind of a bummer. She was one of the, as as I understand it, she was one of the folks who was like really loved the the franchise, and she found it to be very flattering that the voice actress of who she was playing would be like dubbing her. So it wasn't like a, you know, no animosity or anything. It was kind of a sure. cool, kind of I a mean, cool I, thing for her. I, I'm sure it was super cool. Like if you had to be dubbed, that was like a cool person to do it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as I mentioned, Barry pulls out his iconic 44 Magnum revolver just before it's the best kill in the movie. That part. Um, <laughs> Uh-huh. It's like a, it's not a real these move these games the games and the movies they have to like make up these guns that sound like guns cuz they don't want to pay. Sure. Which is yep. great. It's like a silver serpent or something. Like that's the name of the gun in the games or I don't know. Some some weird shit. Okay. Las Plagas. I, I still don't really know what they're doing in this game in this world in, in this movie but they were mentioned, and they kind of hand wave, like, oh, Las Plagas are here. <laughs> you just inject them, and you're all good. Uh, that's the mind control parasite we saw in the previous movie. This is the thing that makes people's mouth really weird. Uh, and like I said, it, it's not really in this movie, like when Michelle Rodriguez takes a hit, you know, <laughs> she could get shot like 700 times and she pushes the bullets out of her fingertips. <laughs> Like, yeah, that was that's that not was, really how this works. That was something else, but okay. That was basically didn't that happen in the Matrix also, where like one of the agents or I can't am I am I thinking of the right I remember it, bullets that feels right. Yeah, yeah dropping like from somebody, someone's fingertips at some yeah. point. <laughs> uh so there's that. 
if you get if you're if you're infected with Las Plagas, you take like three shots, you're dead. She got shot like in the head multiple times. It looked great. Don't get me wrong. It was a great like visual to show what they're up against, but that's not really how that works. There's no such thing as the Uber liquor. I liked it, but it doesn't exist. The whole point it should of, be the whole point of those things is to be like small and stealthy murderers. <laughs> and they're like, what if we made one that was the size of a bus? <laughs> you hear me, Capcom? There should Big be liquors. <laughs> let's let's do this thing. Come on, just scale that thing up. Yeah, I'm here for just it. Just give it more T virus. I uh, it does just whatever you did to it. Just give it more. And this was the first time I noticed. Like it looks like their brains are exposed. Yep, their brains like, is that. Yeah, their brains are indeed exposed. It's it's a weakness. I would okay. I would categorize so that's like it as where a, you shoot them in the game. Yeah, right? you try to hit them in the brain head. They're very fast in the game, but if you get that okay. headshot, it's like an instant kill, which is and nice. I just said brain head. The old brain head. <laughs> Uh-huh. I mean, technically, you're not wrong. It is their head, <laughs> and it is composed of a brain. So in that sure. case, uh, thanks, Andrew. You, <laughs> you got my back. <laughs> I, I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. And then finally, at the end, when we do that great hero shot, pan um, kind of zoom out from the White House, there there are flying creatures, uh, and those are from Resident Evil Five. How the hell has it taken this long to get flying creatures? Like, I saw those things and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. I want those right now. <laughs> the, the, all of the monsters. I hope yeah. they're all in the next one. The Those things, they're, they're kind of, they're weird. They are, they are a Las Plagas uh, mutation if it's, it's almost as if, if someone takes really well to the Las Plagas, then you are in for a terrible awakening at some point where this thing essentially bursts forth from your body, fully grown. It's like that little parasite. If mm-hmm. it grew inside of you and at the basically filled out your skeleton or whatever and got wings at some point, people in Resident Evil 5 just kind of burst open and that thing emerges. And you're like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> okay. So it's a crazy, it's crazy. I don't like it. It makes me nervous. Uh, <laughs> but uh, there is that. That's it. He Again, pick and choose what they want from the games. I don't hate it. It's, like, it's a remix. It is. You know, we said it before. He's just, he's just kind of taking, taking what he wants. There we go. There we go. Eric, I think I know the answer, but oh my gosh. Do you recommend this movie? Absolutely. Hells yeah. This is my favorite movie in the franchise. I'd like, I like I was sort of vaguely remembering what it was, you know, on our last episode when we were recording. And when it started up, I was like, oh hell yeah, this is this is totally what I thought it was gonna be. This it's is like, the one. It's just crazy pants. <laughs> and I love it. Yeah, there's the exact right amount of cuckoo bananas umbrella action here. We're not really. Wesker's the good guy. I don't understand. (laughs) Yeah, it's just ridiculous in the best possible way. I I also recommend this movie. And if you were the type of person uh, that doesn't really, it's not a completionist, right? I would say you really only have to watch the first one and this one. And you would be mostly like 
you could speak eloquently about this film series <laughs> if you watch the first one and this one, I think. I think they do a good enough job with the recap. I wouldn't recommend it. But, you, yeah. but you <laughs> well, I mean, you're missing out. Yeah. On all the <laughs> but, cool shit. But they do, like Eric said, this is the greatest hits. So, like, I, you know, you get a, a fair amount of uh, of... This is the most Resident Evil, Resident Evil movie we've watched. I could put it that way. It just leans fully into it. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, it's the most fun this franchise has. Now, obviously, we have one left. Mm-hmm. I, I could be wrong. Um, but, like, just kind of firing on all of its, like, crazy genre cylinders. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That was easy. That was an easy one to watch, an easy one to recommend. <laughs> You'd love to see it. Mm-hmm. Speaking of our next one, it's our, uh, that will be our penultimate episode uh, for, the, for the foreseeable future, I guess. We're going to talk through Resident Evil, the final chapter. The final chapter. The story of Alice comes to an end. Uh, that end, I do not remember. I don't remember. <laughs> Number six. I barely remembered the clones until Eric brought them up on the last episode. And then when they started showing up, I'm like, yes, that, yes. Okay. <laughs> that, clicks. that clicks. Well, and like the multiple locations, you're like, were they in Russia? Were they also in New York? <laughs> yeah. Like, what the hell? There's a lot of confusion that, uh, that happens because of the simulations in this film. I'm like, I thought they were in Russia, but I, Okay. Submarine? There's a submarine? Or am I thinking of the Fast and the Furious? Did this one have a sub? Yes. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. (laughs) It was very good. Very Mm -hmm. good news. That's it. We did it. Another one in the bank. I am looking forward to it. Eric, this is delightful. I love chatting with with you about these movies. Uh, If people wanted to keep up with you on the internet, Maybe listen to you chat about some other movies. Where might they do that? Uh, well, you can mostly find me at Platypus Jones, just the way it sounds, uh, on the socials. So uh, Twitter, Instagram, and that's about it. Um, but the best place to keep up is the 12 and 24 Discord that we mentioned uh, at the top of the show. Um, spend a bunch of time there. Uh, we have a lot of great, you know, channels, um, about the various 12 and 24 podcasts, but also, uh, just about movies and games and, and whatever. Um, so, you know, uh, I will let Andrew know what other podcasts 12 and 24 offer, but, um, you know, if you're just a fan of movies in general, uh, you should come check it out. Yeah. Andrew, where can people find you? Oh, man. Uh, Twitter, at Dark Driving. You can find me most places at Dark Driving, but I, I'm usually on Twitter having a good time over there. Uh, and as Eric mentioned, 12 and 24 Discord. Uh, love, love that area of the internet. It's a nice little corner for just us. But you're welcome, too, obviously. You could be part of us. It's great. Uh as far as the other podcasts go, you can listen to Eric and myself on Cool Breeze Over the Mountains. You can listen to us on The Kurt Locker. Those are podcasts about Keanu Reeves and Kurt Russell, their filmographies, respectively. A lot of fun. 
a lot of fun to be had going through that back catalog. And lots of other guests on those. Oh, so many folks. It's So if you've been listening to this and you're like, good Lord, these two won't shut up. Yeah. You get to hear other people. Right. Other people with other, you know, opinions and, you know, and vocal <laughs> tones. They go all over the place as well. So. Exactly. It's great. It's a There's great trivia. Thing. There's trivia. Easily are the best part of every one of those shows. There you go. <laughs> So here we just tell you the trivia. There it's a whole quiz show. It's a whole thing. So there you go. That's it. We've done it. A couple more left, but this is a great series. Don't forget to write in, join us on a Discord, hit us up on Twitter, whatever. But until then, remember, just one bite, one scratch from these creatures is sufficient. Stay safe out there. <laughs>